Welcome to the Consortium Podcast, an academic audio blog of Kepler Education. Kepler is a consortium of independent classical Christian teachers unified by a shared vision for student flourishing. Hello, I'm Scott Postma, your host, and I'm joined by Joffrey Swate, our academic advisor, and also today our CEO, Daniel Fukushan's in the studio with us today. And we're going to be talking about the Kepler model today. It's a unique creature. Yeah, it is a little bit different than the typical online classical Christian school as people think of it. And uh, one of the fun things we're going to get to do today is uh, talk about a review, uh, and we'll mention that in just a moment, of a parent who really gets it, who understands the model, um, and also uh, identify some of the qualities of a Kepler teacher. So we're excited to talk about that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And it, you know, if I if I understand the history correctly. Um, if I did my history lessons, then you know, a lot of the uniqueness of this vision uh, came just a couple of years ago from conversations between you and Daniel. So, Daniel, how did how did this the the idea for independent teachers, family choice, all of that come together? Yeah, well, um, I have uh, before Kepler, we had Roman Nerd's classroom which was uh, a part of Roman Rhodes Press, which is, uh, we publish a curriculum. And we wanted, we designed our curriculum to work on the flipped classroom model to be used in the home, as well as uh, in that recitation or flipped classroom model. So we wanted to model that method, which is why we created Roman Rhodes Classroom, so that we had teachers who were using our curriculum and and, and using it the way we intended it to be used. Um, And so that grew um, to the point where it was no longer just a side project. And um, that we, uh, we came to the point where we either needed to pull back from it or spin it off, but I didn't want it to simply be another online school. Mm. Um, There are a lot of online schools and there are real weaknesses I've seen in a lot of the um, online schools. Um, And so by leaning in, we create uh, and we create, we came up with Kepler, which is an independent platform. Platform, right. We leaned in so far. We're not a school. Right. We're not a school. (laughs) Um, And, and one of the best ways, I don't know if if I've uh, missed one of the episodes where you've discussed the uh, the comparison of Kepler to Airbnb. Have have we talked about that? No, no. Uh, Well, one of the best ways to, when people say, well, what? is Kepler? Because first they assume it's an online school. I like to compare it to Airbnb because, uh, you know, when Airbnb first came out, um, people, it was a a little bit of a weird thing. Uh, So it's not a hotel. You're renting people's private homes, but not just like on Craigslist in a creepy way. There's a structure, there's a a single platform payment system, um, review system, all of that. And, um, it was, it was odd for people to, to use it at first. They wanted their hotel experience. I I am a holiday Inn guy. I'm a Hampton Inn guy. And, and whoa, whoa, this is kind of weird. Uh, and yet it's, it's come to be accepted today. People see it as the way to get a really great, um, not just inexpensive, but like you get to get a house on the beach, so much, much of a better, more personalized experience. So that uh, I like to compare it because uh, Kepler is, per, is doing that to education in a sense. It's mm-hmm. the business model that compares the most with both our strengths and our struggles of pe- helping people understand what it is. I think that's a really illuminating comparison because, you know, the three of us around this table, um, we, we would be Airbnb itself, mm-hmm. right? Like corporate Airbnb. And we put this thing right. together, but the teachers would be the hosts correct. in the Airbnb yep. model. Correct. And we're going to be, we're going to be seeing as we hear, as we hear from this parent, we're going to listen to some audio clips of a review she did. We're, we're going to hear how important really, I mean, like she had a lot of good things to say about Kepler, 
But it was because she had a lot of good things to say about the teacher. Right. It was the teacher that really made the Kepler experience fabulous for her. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's it's interesting that you said that there's some weaknesses, Daniel, in the you know the school model, and and some mm-hmm. of those weaknesses I think are seen in some of the institutionalization of everything from hotels to the taxi industry, and right. so now Uber and Lyft and those things come out of a decentralization, and so now we're seeing this happen uh, in education, and we Correct. have this really unique opportunity. Right, and those weaknesses are not just um, most people when they think of an online education, they think of online there's you know there's homeschool and then there's um homeschool and online school are kind of put in the same category mm-hmm. with brick and mortar school being the other one um we actually recently created a, a Venn diagram ad where we have online school and brick and mortar traditional school on one side and homeschool on the other with kepler being the overlap of bringing strengths from homeschooling um and brick and mortar but um and so a, an online school often inherits inherits all of the, uh, or at least some of the weaknesses of brick and mortar schools, and um, and so homeschoolers are hesitant to go to the online model for the same reason that they hesitate to go to the brick right. and mortar school. Okay. So Kepler uh, is maintaining a lot of the freedoms and benefits, and flexibility, choice of the homeschool model. Yeah. In and uh, while bringing in some of the strengths, we were careful to only bring in the strengths as best we could uh, of the brick and mortar, the expertise, fa- faculty, and all that. So that's what makes Kepler very unique in that space. And faculty is, is so important, and it's you know a lot of what we've been talking about in the past few weeks. Because I mean, you know, there, there are things about about the Kepler approach, say pedagogically, mm-hmm. you know, as as you know, this what the what the week feels like. You know, there, there, but those are things that, that there are some other institutions out there doing that sort of thing. And, you know, Daniel already mentioned the flipped classroom, but really I think the unique thing, and this is the big Airbnb connection is the freedom that our teachers have. Right. right. And so we are, you know, empowering families by liberating teachers. Teachers are setting their own prices. Teachers are designing their own courses. And of course it go, you know, it all comes through us, uh, but it really is like the, the teachers are the masters who are putting something out there that you may want your family to be a part of. Absolutely. Well, and the fact of the matter is, and, and this is coming from, I, I've, I've administrated two different schools. The teachers really are the strength of any good school, right? And, but, but the problem oftentimes is the administration takes front and center. Yeah, because, they get in the way. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you've got to keep the school running, right? And, and so, you know, you're there for education, but you end up putting the teachers kind of behind the, the administration. So by streamlining and getting rid of all of that, you know, teachers can really connect right with the families, you know. So you're not just flipping the classroom, you're actually flipping the school, right? Right. And there's a sense in which the parents are replace the board of a traditional school. Yeah. So the board often is the one who sets the curriculum. Mm-hmm. The teacher doesn't get to teach what they want to teach the board sets that well that's where the the choice with the kepler where the parents are the ones that say no i want johnny to take that curriculum they're acting they're making some of those board like uh, decisions and that affects the kinds of teachers who are coming because they know teachers love kepler because they get to make those decisions Mm -hmm. um, and offer those for parents to accept their course over someone else's because they're teaching that way and so that's i i think one of the reasons we have so many veteran teachers at kepler is because some of these have taught in some cases entire careers mm-hmm. in traditional schools and they've come to Kepler because finally they get to teach the way they want they have wanted to teach for years they've been thinking about it and they've been right. wanting they've been developing it so we have quite a few courses where 
teachers have developed their own curriculum. They're not used. It's, it's a book list. It's their own lectures. It's their 20 years of experience right. that they're bringing to the Kepler platform. And that also is very unique um, in terms of just experience. We have a very high experience level. And already you're, you're actually hitting a, a lot of points that Aaron Cox brought up. So Aaron Cox, um, I, I think I'm allowed to say her last name. <laughs> uh, she has a blog called life abundantly life abundantly blog.com. Um, so she says that says on the, the first page of the blog in our family, we love Jesus, authenticity, hard work, and eclectic home education. So we're perfect right. for her. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, right into that. We movie. have been using the word unique mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And one of the things that really impressed us uh, about her review, I mean, you know, we loved getting a positive review, uh, but one of the things that really impressed us was just, she got the model. She right. really understood everything yeah. about the model and she was grasping it from the teacher's end as well, which yeah. was, which was really great. And so I, you know, I think this is going to be a great opportunity today to talk about how, you know, Kepler is, is a unique creature. Um, and perfect for homeschooling families. We've been talking about families taking responsibility, taking dominion, and at the same time, trusting in masters, getting access to the masters. Um, and mm. so, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Let's yeah. unpack it. Well, should we, uh, let's just start by listening to her uh, review and in the first uh, little clip that we're going to play uh, where she's going to, you know, talk about the teachers and, and um, you know, and, and vouch for the, uh, you know, the teachers. But let's go ahead and listen. Let her, let her speak for, for herself. We used Kepler Education on the Intermediate Logic class for her. And I think Kepler's pretty new. Um, I think it started like two years ago. I have an, a friend that, like a real life friend, who teaches for Kepler. Um, and she managed a lot of our upper, or she managed and wrote the curriculum for our upper, upper level programs at a um, co-op that I used to direct. And it was amazing. So I can kind of vouch for personally knowing some of the teachers. So she personally knows one of our teachers, Tracy Leary, yeah. is, is who, who we're talking about there. But now she knows two of our teachers. She yeah. also knows Josiah Same Nance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so so here, here is a, uh, a homeschool family that, um, you know, knew a teacher that was teaching on Kepler and then took a course from a different teacher and now getting not just vouching from the the friend, but also now the, the real experience of what that teacher, you know, what this other teacher really. Right. Uh, and this is something I think that uh, you know, we really should, should emphasize that, you know, it's, it's, it's something we want where, you know, we, 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 we have been talking to the teachers and the teachers have been embracing this. Uh, Kepler works because the teachers take dominion of their end. Right. right? And we're not getting in their way. Yes. Right. Which, you know, that's, that's another way in which, you know, you talked about administrating schools. So you know, the, we communicate actively with the teachers. You know, I get, we both get emails every day, like mm-hmm. asking, you know, this or that, or can I get some help with this? Um, but we're serving the teachers also. Yes. Right. Exactly. So there's not a, you know, the teachers aren't serving us. We're not sending orders out to the teachers. We've approved their class. They're going to teach it now. Yeah. In, in, in fact, I, I would even say something that we haven't uh, said publicly before, but in our early discussions of Kepler, the way we were thinking about it is that the first client is the teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, upon the, our first client creating Kepler was to, to think about the needs of the teachers and what would help them survive as, uh, or do well as independent teachers. And with the, uh, um, uh, uh, foundation and assumption that if we get the best teachers available, 
and they're doing well, mm-hmm. the students will come. Right. Right. And we have, uh, I think we have done a good job of, of bringing some great teachers. So now the parents need to come. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. well, and that's that's why I call it flipping the whole school, right? right. So when we talk about liberating teachers, you know, instead of bringing teachers into our institution and saying this is how you have to teach and this is how you have to uh, to relate to the families, we're going to provide the support, we're going to provide the platform, we're going to provide all the help um, so that you can do what you do best, and that will empower families to get to pick the right teachers for for them. And the right teacher, you know, it's. As we describe that, there may be listeners who are picturing, you know, a a dynamic or particularly interesting or engaging teacher in the classroom itself. But that's only part of what's important about that experience of connecting with the teacher. And Aaron gets into that in the next clip. Okay, great. Let's listen. It's classical education. Um, They have great books programs. They have some bonus elective type stuff. They have history streams, literature, logic is what we took. And they have, they're fantastic. And what I can really review is the class that we did, the teacher that we had an experience with, which was absolutely phenomenal. And also just their communication um, and how they like keep you in the loop, the the parent. There it is. Every time my daughter would turn in a, an assignment, he replied back to her assignment to both of us. She, he always copied me on the email and let me know, you know, gave us the grade for the assignment and then gave us point by point exactly what she missed why she might have made the decision, might have made the decision to choose the answer she did. Um, and then, and then really what the correct answer would be and why. So there's several things I would, I would want to say about this. Uh, but not only does she get the Kepler model, um, but she's talking about a teacher who also gets the Kepler model. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so here's a teacher who isn't relying on the institution to tell them how to communicate with the parent, how to run the classroom. They're taking the full responsibility and saying, I'm here serving this family. I've been hired by this family and and I'm serving them directly and I'm going to do my best service entrepreneurially. Right. Oh, yeah. entrepreneurially. What a great word. Because, I mean, the way that, you know, we are a business and the way we have decided to do business is to trust and empower the teachers. So Josiah Nance has just made us look very good. (laughs) And he did all the work. Thanks, Josiah. (laughs) Shout out to Josiah. Well, and and so this is a a way that, you know, as teachers are coming on even to the Kepler platform, you know, this is a a, quite a model to to try to, you know, to embody this model and say, um, I'm taking responsibility for this family and and for serving this family. And we always said this, even even in the the private schools that I administrated, is that the teachers are an extension of the home. The families Mm -hmm. have the responsibility. They have the mandate from God. And so the teachers really become an extension of the home in the sense that they're a servant, you know, supporting what the family's already doing. Yeah, I mean, that's something we've uh, we've spent a a good bit of time on. Hey. If you're just discovering the podcast now, go check out our archives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, that's something that, we, that we've uh, really been, been unpacking um, is how is it that how, how should a teacher truly be a master of, uh, of, of teaching and of, and of their subject at the same time honoring yes. the fact that the teacher, the families aren't only responsible, they have the lordship. Right. And I love that they're honoring that relationship. They're honoring mm-hmm. that mandate that the parents own. Well, this next clip, um, she's going to talk about one of the issues that a lot of homeschool families probably face. How much do we actually outsource education, Mm. you know, which is the very reason why they homeschool, right? And then she's going to talk a little bit about that 
and then some follow-up, but let's listen. Um, I'm reticent based on previous experiences with outsourcing high school education. Um, one of the biggest issues with outsourcing high school education is that you lose a lot of control over what your child is learning. They plan the entire year for you. And I don't love not having any um, say other than just choosing the class. Um, but a lot of times... Because in- she has just a delightful Southern <laughs> accent. Can I just just praise her delicacy? I don't love not having any choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, and not just choice for the school, but what happens when you're when your child gets put in the class so that, you know, this not the most exceptional teacher and this is the teacher you're stuck with. Right. right. Yeah. And you know that. Right. right. Like, you're, right. oh, man, they, they got put in section, you know, well, section D or whatever yeah. it is. Like, that's the one that so and so is teaching and you didn't want that. And the sad part is, and, and this is the truth, a lot of times the administrator knows that, the teacher knows that, the student mm-hmm. knows that, you know, and we're, and but and, we've got a school to run here. Right. Right. Exactly. It's not the free market. Like, you know, <laughs> this is the teacher I want. Right. And it's not the same teacher the Smiths want. Right. You know, but th- right. I, but we know this is what's best for our kid. Right. It, uh, something that homeschoolers understand is that not all children learn the same way either. And so some of the uh, variety we have at Kepler is not just a a there's a good teacher and an even better teacher, but there are different teachers and methods. Yes, um, curric- uh, Latin curriculum, for example, we have a one teacher teaching Wheelox Latin and another one teaching a Lingua Latina Picta Dicta right. um, approach, which are very different approaches to Latin, and we offer both. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and one child may work do better with with one approach over another. Well, you know, it's, I think it's easy to see the variety. Uh, on Kepler, when you start looking at the humanities, but you know what well, you're mentioning, it, it's the same with our math teachers. Mm-hmm. We, you know, our, our, we have two main math teachers, both wonderful. The families love them both. And they're quite different, and they use different curricula. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you have a variety. I just just take calculus for example, because I was just recently going through that with the family. But we have three different calculus offerings um, in our uh, on our platform. One is an advanced calculus that would be for somebody who's, you know, pursuing a STEM kind of education in, in college. Another one is a pre-calc in, in trig. So, so this is, you know, not quite ready for calculus, but a, a beyond algebra two. And then we have calculus for everyone, which is Mitch Stokes curriculum that really is a calculus designed for humanity. So, you know, seeing the integration of, of the, you know. The yeah, like if you want some philosophy of calculus, that's the that's course the for one. you. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of options, lots of opportunities. All right, let's finish listening to this clip. It's great. Of not having any um, say other than just choosing the class. Um, but a lot of times in some of the resources we've used in the past, and we're going to use them again because it's always a balance, um, because, you know, co-ops and stuff give you an opportunity to actually be around friends and make friends and socialization and all that stuff, right? But one of the things, and, and there's stuff like science labs that are just much better served in a co-op setting. But one thing about co-ops that I've noticed, depending upon their structure, is that a lot of times they teach the book for the test and the pace is very quick and they're giving a more like just traditional classroom education experience, which is not how I want to homeschool my kids. Mm. And so I can testify that Kepler does not just give textbook type stuff. Everything is real books, living books, conversational one-on-one discipleship. I mean, it's just, it's an exceptional Christian education for your high school students. 
Go ahead. Daniel. Well, I, I was going to say part of the, um, that's not, um, that's a partly a function of, of our emphasis on the flipped classroom that produces that and the veteran teachers. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not, uh, one of the, um, um, over the years, people have said, you know, one of the reasons to go to a brick and mortar school is for the question of division of labor. She mentioned that earlier in, mm-hmm. in this part of the clip. And, um, that is a, can be overcome in homeschool, but that is a valid, uh, concern about homeschooling, especially in the upper grades is how can I do this without help? I, I've never taught calculus, uh, all these things. I would say that, uh, things have come to a point where the argument, uh, towards homeschooling of the division of labor has actually flipped where a traditional school has the more limited Yes. Teachers mm-hmm. compared to what homeschoolers have through places like Kepler or even even resources like Old Western Culture that bring in an expert. If you want a the highest quality education with some of the veteran teachers who know their trade, a handcrafted education where you're, you know, choosing your tutor like the a lot of the homeschooler famous homeschoolers of old, then homeschooling is where you'll get the highest quality, the most mm-hmm. choice for that. And the division of labor is now an argument to homeschool Absolutely. versus an argument for going to a brick and mortar school that has, well, you know, you live in a town and there's a lot of, you don't have that choice. You might get a great teacher or you might get that in, you know, that in a uh, teacher who's fresh out of college and it's their first time and maybe, you know, a great person, but doesn't have that experience. So you can choose to do that on a platform like Kepler. And that's where you get the um, it's with the novice teacher or the homeschooler going through it, who just, you know, walk this their first time they're walking through the textbook are uh, the Kepler teachers are, um, are here because they don't want to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is a drum that we've been beating, uh, you know, since our inception, which is that, you know, it, w- we have access in this day and age. I mean, we, we can zoom across the world and, and steal birds and we can <laughs> access the same education that only the aristocrats of yore could. And we, we hit, yep. we've hit this theme a bunch of times, but most recently looking at, uh, at the George Herbert poem, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. we, we have those resources as, as homeschoolers, we can get to knowledge and teachers that previous generations could only have dreamed of. So let's, yeah. let's do that. <laughs> right. And this is one of the great uses of technology and, and the ability to, to, you know, to leverage these resources to get that. And one of the, one of the other things that she mentioned was the, the community aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was what, you know, why they were part of a, a co-op. Um, but I'm just going to plug here for a moment. I love our student life and a lot of the feedback that we've gotten on student life. And even though it's not an embodied experience, our students are connected, you know, yeah. through student life because it's intentionally cultivating these communities. The where talent show them. was a blast. Oh, the talent <laughs> show was fantastic. But, you know, and there is, you know, there we're not trying to say that it's a substitute for flesh and blood. But right. the reality is, I mean, I'm 43 years old. Uh, maybe most of my interaction with other humans is online and humans I love, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. it's, uh, you know, our, our lives have moved online. Um, and, and there's, it's almost like, you know, for, for a lot of us, and I think even, even for me, there's no difference. Sure. You know, sure. I mean, you know, obviously being able to hug someone is a big deal. Uh, and some things can only be done physically, but other things can only be done online. Right. Right. But as far as the, the, the intimacy, at least for me personally, right, this is totally personal, but I don't, I don't feel any difference. And I think that 
you know, people who are younger than me, it's, it's even more that way. Well, I think that's an important aspect to bring up is the fact that generationally, those who were first introduced to online, um, I'm, I'm just a little teensy tiny bit older than you, but, and, and, and I, and I still have, you know, I, I still find myself sometimes, you know, kind of having to move from physical to, to online intentionally. Um, but then I see my kids who grew up with, you know, technology and to them, it's just fluid, yeah. you know, and, and so part of it's just what we're used to. Well, before we move on from this, though, I, I want to emphasize something she said that's related to what we've just been talking about. But, you know, when, as she was talking about community and the decisions they make and using co-ops, et cetera, she used the phrase, that's why we homeschool, mm-hmm. right? And she, you know, on her blog, she's got, she's, she believes in that she wants an eclectic home education. Right? And so that's, that's really how it, how it ought to be, right? Like, you know, that's why we homeschool. We're, mm-hmm. we're making these decisions. We're cobbling things together. It's eclectic. It's, and it works, right? Right. Um, and so, you know, being able to hear other voices saying what has worked is great, but you know, we offer a diploma track. We can, we can take care of all the academic end of things, sure. but, but we're four homeschoolers and most families use us in exactly the way that Aaron is talking about, you know, so this year we're going to do, we're going to do chemistry and we're going to do French. Well, well, and she talks about the fact that this was a very logic heavy year for them, right? Cause right. They, they focus a lot of their courses we're on logic-based, you know, kinds of courses. And and this isn't the time, you know, this podcast isn't the time maybe to to get into this too deeply, but I do think it's worth at least mentioning before we move on in, in light of what you said, that oftentimes we think that education has to happen in this institutional sort of setting, like, you know, the, and, and we do, like you said, provide the diploma track for, for those who are still working through and, and thinking about how they want to you know, to gear education and dual enrollment options. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dual enrollment. So for those, um, you know, we have dual enrollment options for those who are looking to go to university. This, and and these are, um, uh, regionally accredited, um, university credits. So this isn't, you know, some off-brand accreditation that, you know, you could actually get an AA, you know, so if somebody's looking for that, but Real education, think about how eclectic all of our own education really is. The mm-hmm. books we read, the people that we meet, you know, the conversations that we have, uh, the the places we travel, all of these things play into the most significant part of our education, not what we learn sitting in the classroom. Right. right? That's right. right. So it, uh, I think it was that book we were reading together by Ivan Illich, who, who was saying that um, even in a normal school, the real learning happens in between the classes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's that's so true. It's it's so the worst the worst thing an online school can do is uh, not have the time in between classes and simply r- mimic the the, um, the 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 live lectures online. Which is why the accessibility that our teachers offer, and you know, and Aaron talked about about Josiah and all of his communication. She used the word discipleship. Mm-hmm. You know, you've mentioned Kepler Life. Like our, our students have access to our teachers. And right. we are purposefully trying to make it as collegial as possible. I, I had, I just can't, you know, leave off saying this, but I had a student um, in, in our, uh, our cl- uh, Canvas platform where we're, we do the grades, uh, but send out a message to the rest of the students. Anybody want to do a book club this summer, want to read? And so they're getting the <laughs> class together, you know, so they're intentionally doing this and using these online platforms. To My son, read. Edmund, is very much looking forward to chess club yeah, next year. Yeah, so absolutely. Joining, yeah, Edmund's joining going into seventh grade shortly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is great. All right. Let's listen to uh, 
Aaron, did you want to say something before we go? Wow, our, our podcast is getting so informal now. <laughs> well, I was just going to mention that, uh, that th this is where she talks about the student advisor. Moi! Uh, yes. Right? So, so, you know, as you're making these decisions, what are we going to cobble together so eclectically? Yeah, if, if you want, and she's going to mention, if you, if you want some help with this, um, Joffrey, that's what he's here to do. He's here to help you and, and, and walk through, you know, these, you know, different decisions. Here we go. The one really great thing I love about Kepler as well is that they have, uh, what are they called? Oh gosh, they help you pick oh, guidance for a second, counselor. Yeah, they I'm call sorry. it something else. Okay, so, so she couldn't quite remember what, what my title was, which was great. Yeah. Um, but I do want to mention that, uh, when we met online several months ago, yes. <laughs> she said, oh, I'm so glad Kepler has a financial advisor. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> academic advisor. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever you need me to be. You're, you're all of those things. <laughs> but anyway, if you're like, OK, well, I know that I like the idea of how this sounds and I'm wanting to have my child do some online classes and I want it to be classical and I want it to be from a Christian worldview. This sounds good. How do I know where to start? They have people that will do a Zoom call with you, learn about your child's interests, your needs, what they've done in the past. They can make a plan with you. Um, they even, and we did, I didn't necessarily need that, but we did set up a Zoom call just because they offered it because he wanted to get, they want to get feedback. Like, you know, what was our experience? What was my daughter's experience? Yes. So, here is, you know, from, from her perspective, I didn't necessarily need this particular service, right, that Kepler offers. But the fact that they're willing to get feedback, I want to, you know, um, and, and know how our experience is. I want to get in on that. I want to talk about that. So this, again, lends to the fact that with the Kepler model, we're really focused on how do we serve families? How and being, serve being human. Yeah. I mean, it may sound weird to say it that way. But, you know, we're looking at these machines, we're looking at these screens, uh, we, this is, this is a human company. We want to connect with people. We are people ourselves. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because as we were just talking about the idea of being online and, and a lot of in human interactions online, I think oftentimes we can fall into the trap of losing that human, you know, sort of element to, and become very corporate in, in everything we do, very institutional, everything we do. So by remaining human and, and really, uh, you know, subjecting these um, tools, you know, the, the, the different kind of platforms and, and technologies, subjecting them to servants of our humanity, not becoming masters of our humanity. Right. So that's really important. You, you could actually write a whole philosophy book or two about that very topic. <laughs> yeah. and, and it affects some of the decisions we're making. So, for, for example, um, since 2020, everyone even their grandma knows about zoom yeah. and they've even probably had to use it. Um, and, uh, zoom was the, the technology we've used, uh, for several years now. And when we were developing Roman Roads classroom, um, we, I tried most of the big online meeting. We did WebEx. We did, uh, um, Oh, I'm forgetting Adobe. Uh, we, that was one I knew about and I've tested, but we didn't, we didn't actually uh, use that it. one, but we tried multiple different ones. Blue jeans. You know, most people even haven't heard of that one. Um, and the, the reason we liked zoom is because it was so focused on the video and, uh, so many online schools, they have so much going on on screen. There's the chat going on. There's, um, 
there's a shared screen and generally the least emphasized aspect is the video. And that was absolutely essential. I, uh, I think that online education changed the, as soon as the technology got to the point where you could actually see someone. So we have, we had a teacher teaching for us who had taught for 25 years in a brick and mortar school, a Logos school actually. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, uh, said that their most effective classes over, over three years were the, the Roman roads classroom at the time, Mm -hmm. um, uh, meeting only two days a week with the flipped classroom model. Um, uh, it was some of his best students and he, he was very surprised. Um, and people think, well, how's that possible compared to brick and mortar? Well, you know, he had 30 kids in his classroom. Right. Right. And he didn't, he, it, this was, we limit our classes to 12 students. Um, and there, and with, uh, and part of the reason if we limit it to 12 is that's how many you can see on a screen. I mean, there is a technological connection there, um, uh, at the same but time. But it wouldn't have to be because, you know, there, people hold seminars of 200 people and you can see 200 faces. Oh, sure. A lot of online schools will have many more in a classroom, but right. we, we limited at 12 because, because it's so important to see. So when you yeah. start in the classroom at, at, uh, uh, at Kepler, you know, if, if, uh, a child is having, you know, Hey, you look tired this morning. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's going on with you? You can see those things in some ways better than brick and mortar. And that's yeah. the testimony of people who have taught for decades in brick and mortar schools who have then taught for us and, and said, I had a more, there was a, a, um, a more quality educational and personal experience when it came to the, the, those kids. A lot of that was the small classroom. If you, if he was meeting with eight kids in a small classroom, he probably it would have been a similar experience. Yeah. But when you compare it to 30 kids in a, in a brick and mortar classroom, the, the uh, smaller class sizes that are very effective have v- uh, really good results. Um, particularly in the, those, those areas we tend to think are so dehumanized yeah. um, that we, Oh, it's, it's a zoom classroom. It's not now a byword. Well, it depends how you use it. That's well, right. and that's what, what you're saying right there is so important because so many people are used to using zoom in a wrong way, in a bad right. way. And, and just as a personal anecdote, my wife is working on a master's in, in hospital administration. And so she's all of her classes are online Yeah, and it is a terrible experience. This is a, this is a public university and it is a terrible experience because the, the instructor's down in a little call up there and then everybody's chatting, um, you know, and, yeah. and trying to call on people and they don't know, they're not using it effectively. Right. And you can understand if somebody has that experience, they think, oh, this is online. I don't really want to do that. So, so not- we're taking charge of our technology, right? right? So it's, you know, Zoom is capable of doing so much. But what matters is, is Zoom capable of doing what we want? Right. Right. And, you know, and, you know, even when you mentioned, Daniel, you know, the, the, the video aspect, uh, you know, I, I avoid sharing my screen as much as possible. I certainly don't leave right. it up. Mm-hmm. I use it when I need to use it. Then I bring it down because I want people to see my big head. Right. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. you know, I, I want, and I, when, when the students speak to me, I don't want to see them in a little corner somewhere. Right. I want to see that student's face taking up most of my monitor. Well, right. and that's, that just lends to the fact that this, that you just said it, you know, that we're not a tech led kind of company. We are using technology to fulfill a particular vision for classical Christian education. Right. And that's what I think is really important. So we're helping homeschool families and we're leveraging the technology, um, not just using technology and we're just following it. You know, we're not, it's not our master. Right. A, a certain vision for education, how to do education is what leads. And we use 
technology, we leverage technology to do that. And, and that may change over time. Certainly zoom changed it. There was a sense in which, um, uh, uh, online education was not capable of what it is today when it was just voice, um, voices better than chat, better than letters, (laughs) (laughs) correspondence. My first first distance learning class back like in 1990 was uh, mailed cassette tapes to listen to lectures, (laughs) fill out the workbook and mail it back snail mail. You know, terrible, terrible experience. There's actually a Greek text uh, that is um, written in, um, uh, called Yulali about, it's a teaching, it's a, it's a professor teaching his niece Greek. And it's published in a book, but it was originally in the form of a series of letters as like, that was the first distance learning. Yeah. You know, it, he was writing letter after letter, alphabet, lesson one, lesson two, lesson three. And, and so, you know, technology has come a long way. It's, and this isn't completely new. We're just getting better at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, it's just important to emphasize before we listen to the last clip that, uh, our philosophy dictates to the technology, not yep. the other way around. Right. right. Absolutely. Right. All right. Here's that last clip. If I'm not able to do something at home, which I am not able to teach logic because I am not logical <laughs> and I have no <laughs> formal logic training at all. And if you are like me and you open that intermediate logic book, it looks like hieroglyphics. <laughs> some of it, it's very mathy and all this kind of stuff. And, now my child's smarter than me and she can win arguments if she wants to, cause she can logic me to death because I'm <laughs> emotional, not logical. But anyway, so that's, that's the kind of class that I like to outsource. I, I want to say something about the out logic. One of the things that I know Josiah Nance teaches, um, uh, and that I, that a teacher can teach that a book can't a book or even a video can teach, um, logic can teach smarts. But one of the things that our teachers teach is not just logic, but how to use logic. I know that there's the lecture in every logic class. You it, you cannot use this against your mom. Yeah. <laughs> use your powers for you, good. It's, yeah. it's the same, le- right. It's the same lecture that at New St. Andrews college, they give after freshmen after the, when they go home to Christmas, uh, don't go home with your head full and I'm studying Aristotle. You know, those are the things that uh, we're learning, um, you know, where the technology for distance learning is getting more personal where that you're, you're exhorting, you're being pastoral with your students as well. You're not just telling them two plus two equals four. I mean, that kind of goes back to what, what she, you know, she said in an early clip, I am amazed and delighted that she used the word discipleship. Yeah. How great was that? Yeah, it was good. Right. So it's not just learning. Yeah. Well, we, we've said that over and over again, right? That, that real education is raising your children, um, you know, and, and that mandate's been given to families. And, and I love when we think about the, the word that Paul uses, paideia, newethesia, newethesia, I think is the, is the other word. So nurture and admonition. Um, and so one is, uh, used historically in, in, in classical, um, rhetoric, paideia was, you know, to train up to be a good citizen, right? And then the other was, here are the uh, the admonitions, or these are the things that will prevent you from being a good citizen. But Paul uses them in the context of the home of discipling your children and raising them up. What makes your children a good citizen of the Lord? So it's the paideia of the Lord, right? Yeah. So, and that's what really classical Christian education is all about, is how do we raise up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? And so, um, as this mom, you know, 
mm-hmm. certainly illustrates, you know, she's got that. They own that. And these teachers come alongside to help. That's right. They're owning it. Uh, but but in a particular way, and I, I guess I'd like to sort of encourage homeschooling parents, but uh, to be frank, mostly homeschooling moms. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm sure I'm sure Erin has her sleepless nights occasionally about about well, you know the choices they're making, et cetera. But you, you can hear how, how relaxed she is and talking about how unqualified she is to teach this subject. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 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 great. Yeah, because really, I mean, like I, I, I cannot teach math. I and, and I know that about myself. And why would I allow myself to fret over that? You know, there's a Christian community mm-hmm. out there around the corner in your church, over the interwebs, wherever it is, the saints are going to help each other. Yes. And that decision is not between all the aspects of homeschooling, the freedom and choice of homeschooling, or, well, I can't teach math, math, therefore I will send my child to a private school. Right. It doesn't have to, with everything that accompanies that, not that that's always a bad choice. I'm not bashing private schools, but you can maintain the freedoms of homeschooling, the choice um, through something like Kepler, Mm -hmm. while still taking advantage of that division of labor. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, this has been fun. It has uh, been. And I was really uh, just pleased uh, to see this, you know, this particular review of Kepler. Uh, and for the two reasons we talked about in the very beginning, which was a mom who really understood the Kepler model and a teacher that she identified that really understood what it meant to be a Kepler teacher. And so, yeah. Was, yeah. So it was a really good summary. So thanks to Aaron. And also thanks for Daniel for being a good sport because the listeners don't know this, but Daniel was just walking down the hallway. We <laughs> grabbed him and put a headset on him. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Daniel. Daniel. It's a fun conversation. Thanks. <laughs> so Take long, care, everybody. everybody.